Our reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, and it's from the New Revised Standard Version. The Song of the Unfruitful Vineyard. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a vine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done to it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed and it shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they have no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. Thanks be to God.
Today's sermon is entitled, The Vineyard Harvest, and it was written by Lauren. I'm not a gardener or a green thumb by any means. My hubby, however, is, and he's really good at it. He has multiple garden plots, and I watch as each season he thinks about what to plant, the colors, access to sun, need of water, and how it fits into the overall plan. Before even one seed is planted, and things are months away from showing signs of growth, he has invested much into the gardens. Sometimes it takes a few years for things to take, and other times random things seems to pop up which he knows he didn't plant. And all of it with lots of love and attention. He enjoys it, and he's good at it. Perhaps some of you are avid gardeners and can relate. Today's passage comes to us from the prophet Isaiah. It begins as a love song, a love letter between a vineyard owner and the vineyard. The land sits on a hill and is very fertile soil and has the choicest of grape seeds, we are told. We are fortunate to have such property here in British Columbia. In the Okanagan, there's a beautiful wine region and delicious local BC wines. So the imagery of the landscape and the metaphor of the wine grower and their property might not be too difficult for us to envision. There's a watchtower in the center of this particular property and a wine vat. It seems an ideal picture of a place where wine can grow. Yet, when the harvest season arrives, the grapes are no good. They are sour and suitable only for some birds to enjoy, maybe. What happened? As you can imagine, the landowner is greatly dismayed. The tone abruptly shifts from a love letter to judgment. Now let's be clear. This passage is not really about a landowner and a vineyard at all. It's a metaphor, and one which speaks to the very terrain <coughs> upon which they live. The prophet Isaiah is delivering a message from God to the people of God in Israel, in the north, and Judah in the south, including Jerusalem, her capital city, the holy city. God is the landowner, and the people of God are the vineyard. God loves Israel and Judah, but they have rebelled. Where God expected love and worship and justice, God got idol worship, arrogance, and no justice. This passage is what is known as a judgment oracle. A prophet of God, speaking for God, makes it clear the ways in which a people have disappointed God and the consequences of their actions which they can expect. Sometimes these judgment oracles come with an opportunity to repent, in which case God will change cards mind and judgment can be avoided by a people making things right. At other times, there is not such grace, 
and the judgment is certain. In the case of our vineyard, the hedge of protection is going to be taken down, the land trampled and everything decimated. It is a grim picture of what God intends as a firm and direct message to God's very people. While this message is for a particular people in a particular place, time and context, different from our own, we might appreciate God's disappointment in seeing a world of good go so awry. And while we can never take a biblical text and presume to literally and easily drop it into our situation in 2023, we might appreciate how God created world everywhere where everything was declared good. It is a far cry from the world we see today. Remember, this message was delivered directly to the people of God. We are God's beloved. We are made good, made in God's very image, in fact. And what God might expect in return is for us to be a people of love, justice, and mercy in the world. The gifts of God are not ours to keep, but to embody and share. In what ways might each of us be falling down and have room for improvement? If Isaiah were to walk in the church today and have a message from God's self, what might you imagine God saying through the prophet? How well do you imagine we might fare? This Thanksgiving, let us truly be thankful for the harvest, both the food on our table and the multiple ways we can think of in which God blesses us. Let us be thankful how God meets all of our needs. And let us pause to take a moment of personal inventory to inquire of ourselves the kind of fruit that we bear for God in the world. May it be so. Amen. Our hymn is Voices United as those of old in Voices United 518.